I'm telling you right now, I am not refusing. I'm saying that I need time to think. Okay, guys. Don't touch it. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. What the fuck are you doing? Please don't swear. Move away. Move away. This is racist Nottingham Police. They're the only one that's been singled out. Out of a group of white people, this, this racist Nottingham police is arresting someone just for not giving the name. Racist police! Racist police! Racist Nottingham police! Thanks for tuning in to Revolutionary Lumpen Radio, the podcast for the left, from the Lumpen and from the Lumpen to the left. This episode is in defence of Daniel Green and we're going to be going into the events that led up to his arrest that day, what campaigns they're involved in, how the police reacted and why. I can't give a warm enough welcome to our comrades here. The anti-racist, anti-Zionist, anti-imperialist, anti-sectarian, the constantly picketing, the constantly out there, the constantly involved in an array of solidarity campaigns from poor people, oppressed people all around the world. I know both me and Ryan learned a lot speaking to our comrades here. I think we also come out of the conversation better people, as well as being inspired by the constant work that they do. So I really hope that you get that effect. I hope you can get a lot out of it. Thank you again to those two comrades and the comrades who connected us. These conversations are important. It's important that our experiences, our struggles are heard. It was just such a pleasure to be able to do that. So without further ado, I'm going to dive into the episode. I really hope that you enjoy. Shout out to our patrons first, Jake, Joe and Rev Left Radio. Thank you for having us. It's such a pleasure. I really want to emphasise my solidarity with you. It's great to have other platforms to reach other people. And I'm glad to have my co-host, Ryan, the misanthropic. Hopefully we can get down onto YouTube and show really what you had to go through, Daniel, as well as many people all around the world. And in this particular place, what you are sticking up for is the injustice against Palestine. Or- yeah, yeah, um, that's right. I mean, we, you know, we... We're kind of we're long-standing um, anti-Zionists, so you know we're speaking today on behalf of the Zionism is Racism Defence Campaign, which was set up in response to the arrest. But we're both supporters of the Revolutionary Communist Group, which has been kind of uh, campaigning on an anti-Zionist basis for obviously as long as we've been around. Um, we we originally organised the demonstration outside HSBC because of their, you know, their role in funding, um, you know, making possible financially what's happening in Palestine. So, you know, they are the seventh largest bank in the world with total holdings of $2.55 trillion. Um, And they've got these massive investments in companies that are, um, you know, uh, profiting from the occupation of Palestine. You know, they've got £100 million invested in Caterpillar, which provides the Israeli military with the bulldozers that it uses to demolish Palestinian homes. Um, It supplies, you know, it's got lots of money invested in arms companies like BAE Systems, which uh, it's got £180 million of shares in BAE, um, which they manufacture components for the F-16 fighter jets that Israel uses to attack Palestinians in Gaza and so on. And so, you know, this is why we were kind of targeting HSBC and using it to make a broader point about British imperialism's interest in the continuing occupation of Palestine. You could go on and on all day about HSBC. You could go about, you know, economic injustices, social injustices, but, you know, ultimately they're also damaging the planet, the climate. 
you know, air strike. Merseyside. Throughout the protesting uh, the other week, we've done an episode on that. You know, these banks, these state institutions have to be held accountable. So it's great to have yous out there attacking another front. We should all take up these fronts in whatever ways we can, be that protest, be that social media activity and just, just spreading and sharing, you know, the injustices for the sake of class solidarity with the class structure. With an economic system that puts these banks at the centre, you know, that's fundamentally the problem. And it's about doing what we can to get towards a point where that system can be done away. Before going into the actual event, I think that it's best broadening the discussion to include the social, ideological and material conditions in this shambolic country right now, which is ruled by the forces of evil, otherwise known as the economic model of capitalism. That is, of course, what we're talking about here, this model, it's the given a name, it's capitalism, it's an ideology, it's an evil ideology. And we should oppose those who support it at our own detriment as a species and put into the perspective some of the wrongful justifications of the state and its oppression in this and other instances. So I've got to ask, I've read somewhere that this wrongful and racist arrest must be put into the context of the ongoing campaign to criminalise opposition to Zionism, which is of course a form of racism. Both in Palestine itself and in Britain, especially following the adaptation of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, the IHRA, the so-called definition of anti-Semitism. So I was hoping that you could go on a little more about that. I think that I've seen that on you know, something shared with the video of the arrest. I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about the relevance of the IHRA and how it can be applied in this context into the actual event itself. Before doing that, we at Revolutionary Lumper Radio are going to tune you into a time when similar strategies of justification have formed in the past for Zionism. So this audio clip that you're going to hear is going to very much expose the IHRA's methods, similar to that of those of the crocodile tears which you're going to hear in this clip. Hi. Um... During your speech, you made a lot of references to Jewish people as well as certain people in your audience, not Jewish people in general, but certain people, especially in your audience, to Nazis. Now, that is extremely offensive when certain people are German. And they're also extremely offensive to people who've actually suffered under Nazi rule. I don't respect that anymore. I really don't. I don't like and I don't respect the crocodile tears to, to the crocodile tears. No. I'm sorry, folks. I don't like to play before an audience the Holocaust card. But since now I feel now I feel compelled to. My late father was in Auschwitz. My late mother, please shut up. was in Auschwitz. My late mother was in Maidana concentration camp. Every single member of my family on my father's side... The Jews did not take arms against the My Germans. late father was in Auschwitz concentration camp. My late mother was in Maidana concentration camp. Every single member of my family on both sides was exterminated. Both of my parents were in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. 
And it's in precisely and exactly because of the lessons my parents taught me and my two siblings that I will not be silent when Israel commits its crimes against the Palestinians. And I consider nothing more despicable than to use their suffering and their martyrdom to try to justify the torture, the brutalization, the demolition of homes that Israel daily commits against the Palestinians. So I refuse any longer to be intimidated or browbeaten by the tears. If you had any heart in you, you would be crying to the Palestinians, not for what you done. So with that point made, Comrade Green responds to the question on a IHRA. Yeah, I mean, like, the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism is, you know, it's explicitly it is a pro-Zionist um, standpoint on what anti-Semitism is, you know. The way in which it says that you can't criticise the foundation of Israel as a racist endeavour, despite the fact that, you know, in 1948, 750,000 Palestinians were kicked off their land and a further 700,000 were kicked off in 1967. You know, that's something like 1.5 million Palestinians have been kicked off their land and being refused the right to return within the clear violation of just international law and the actual rights of human people. Yeah. Mm, you know, and the whole kind of, you know, Zionism is the official state ideology of Israel. And, you know, you, you cannot really argue that a situation that says your political and civil rights are not based on your citizenship of a state, but instead are based on what they define as an ethnic background or a religious background. You know, how could that ever be anything except racism? Yeah, and it leads to bigger questions like, how is this even a thing? How is it so much so accepted in the media, in politics, and in those fears recently? And of course, these were the bourgeois institutions, and these are the ones who it's in their benefit to propagate um, this, this Zionist ideology. I mean, it's I don't want to put it in like that broad of a way, but Zionism's you know that part of the Middle East and that ideology is something that really is valuable to capitalist society like the amount of weapons going into israel that includes nuclear weapons like these things aren't cheap they go to israel you know if anybody tried to mess up you know the weapons flow going into israel the united states would definitely start flexing because it's that much of a massive part of how much money they make as a country and and, and as a class so it, it is important to always make a stand against zionism and and, and best by sticking up for the Palestinians wherever you can and it's not you know it's not just a moral stand it's a political stand I mean you know what you're talking about is the role that Israel plays securing the interests of US and British imperialism in the Middle East I mean so you know some people often kind of talk about um, Israel as if there's some direct financial uh, benefit and it's not quite so simple I mean you know Ronald Storrs who was the um, uh, 
Palestine mandate governor on behalf of the British, he, he said that basically the purpose of establishing Israel would be the creation of a little Jewish Ulster uh, in a sea of potentially hostile Arabism. And we can see this is the role, political role that Israel plays in enforcing the interests of British imperialism in the Middle East. Yeah. And of course, for us as socialists or progressive people or whatever word you want to use, anti-racists and so on in an imperialist country, this is a fundamental question about who are our enemies and who are our friends. And clearly British imperialism, the system, you know, ruled over by the British ruling class is our enemy. And so to stand with the Palestinians is to stand on a basic kind of political solidarity with um, the working class and oppressed around the world. And what you say there is definitely true. And you can even see it in the sort of language they use around Israel, right? They talk about it being, quote unquote, the only democracy in the Middle East, right? So all the language around it and everything is supposed to indoctrinate people into, you know, siding with Israel and Zionism generally. Yeah, yeah, no, that is absolutely right. I mean, you know, it's sort of um, it's sort of laughable, really, when you think about the two million um, Palestinians who live in a blockaded mm. slither of land in Gaza, or the uh, I think it's one point five million Palestinians who live under military occupation in the West Bank. You know, to describe something like that as a democracy, to describe a country which in twenty eighteen passed the nation state law, which says that you know essentially only Jewish people, only people of one ethnicity or religious background, however you want to describe it, should have the right to determine the kind of character of the state and to have a say in the self-determination of the nation. You know, the idea that that is democracy uh, really exposes this whole idea that, you know, of what bourgeois democracy could ever really mean. Definitely. I mean, especially when they, you know, murder um, unarmed people at the border all the time, you know, even people wearing, you know, press jackets, you know, not even demonstrators, not even definitely no one that's armed or anything like that. But, you know, they, they murder them uh, with impunity. So um, that's a strange looking democracy. And medics as well. Let's not forget. Definitely. Yeah. That's great. Um, you together fought on many reasons, not just the immediate reasons. And and, and with socialists talking about the injustice of Palestine, you've added material historical context to the situation. This isn't something new. This is something that's been happening for a long, long time, and it's something that's going to continue to keep happening if we don't step up our efforts and, and and make stands and speak out against these injustices. And speaking of injustices, <laughs> you were out there today to speak against those injustices so could you just go into that event a little bit um, when was it you saw the police how did that kind of escalate in the way like in, in handcuffs Daniel yeah I mean so like um, as Seamus said earlier we were out there outside HSBC to picket their role in supporting Israel and you know it's oppression of the Palestinians and you know um, you know we were out there selling papers getting petitions signed and you know we had like some placards, one of them which said the pretty factual point that Zionism is racism, um, which I think, you know, we all agree on. Yeah, and yeah I mean, um, there was this young Zionist who then came up to our store. Yeah. Um, he was essentially trying to engage us and harass us um, about, you know, the political uh, messages we were making on that day. Yeah. Um, he then you know, I believe he must have called the police on us at some point. Uh, and then from that point on, you know, there was just a continuing and increasing uh, police presence. 
Oh, you know, I've actually seen a few of them. I've seen with surprise, and the one's actually in Liverpool. And these are people who, yeah, you think that you can have this hard, somewhat civil, you know, discussion with them. Um, it starts off very gentle, and then it always escalates in in a very direct way to the point where you can, you know, you can move about things on your table, move, up, make a mess on your stand, and become very abusive. And what it does is it creates this atmosphere in this like city centre or town centre wherever you may be that whoa these these communists are crazy and whatnot and and when we talk about the defence of Zionism it's it is especially dangerous because you know the state backs Zionists over communists and I think that that's what happened today we saw that uh, unfortunately like you experienced it in fact, can you just lead us up to the actual event where we saw it in the video and then um, we, can, we can move on from there. So at this point in the podcast, I tried to steer the conversation towards the whole point in this podcast, which is to show the state police oppression, which will come down on you if you defend the Palestinians. Like in the maybe 10 minutes or so leading up to... Um, like the video of my arrest. Um, I think there'd been a police car with um, police constable and a sergeant. They'd been there for about uh, 20 minutes or so. You know, it'd be, mm. it was an attempt to intimidate and silence us, which was something they'd tried to do previously um, because, you know, the Digital Media Evidence Unit of Nottinghamshire Police, um, they took a video of me making a speech earlier on during that stall, calling out, you know, Zionism, calling out the role of the British state and the British police in backing Zionism and silencing people who try and stand up to it. Um, but like in terms of the arrest, yeah, I mean, they demanded uh, the details of all of the comrades who were there on that event. And I asked the question, am I being detained? Because you know, I wanted to work out where I stood legally and whether or not I had to give my details. Yeah. Um, they said, you're not being detained as long as you give us your details. Um, but if you refuse to give your details, then you'll be arrested. And I said, I'm explicitly saying I'm not refusing to give my details. I just need a moment to think about it. And that's when the handcuffs came out, basically. And of course, that you know, their whole case is, is quite spurious because they shifted what it was that we were supposed to have done on a number of occasions. So, you know, they at first they trot out this Section 5 of the Public Order Act, which is basically mm. about causing harassment, alarm or distress. It's something they trot out to silence protesters quite a lot. Um, and then, you know, and then they kind of move on to saying that the content of what we were saying, they want to investigate as a hate crime, um, which is really quite, you know, uh, Orwellian, if you like. You know, this idea that to state opposition and to stand in opposition to a form of vicious racism, which is what Zionism is, is now being considered itself an anti-Semitic, a racist thing to do. It really is quite, uh, it's not, actually it's not shocking. It's the logical kind of end point of, of where this campaign against anti-Zionism has been going for the last few years. But it, it really turns reality on its head to accuse people taking a stand against vicious racism of themselves being racists. Um, it, oh, it, yeah. it really is quite Absolutely. Incredible. I mean, we all know that these things are getting worse, right, both structurally. But have you, have you, can you see that on the ground, you know, in the time of doing your demonstrations and everything? Have you sensed the increased police presence? Is it getting much worse on the ground? So, I mean, I think 
it, there is lots of evidence that it's been getting worse on the ground. I mean, so for example, um, at the Labour Party conference last year, there was a lot of, I mean, I think there was police presence anyway, but there was that incident where um, they removed a banner uh, that was a cartoon by Carlos Latouf, the Brazilian uh, political cartoonist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and we've had last year, uh, there was a meeting in uh, somewhere in London, I think it was in Camden, that was organised by a London branch of the Revolutionary Communist Group. And um, there were prevent officers uh, in the, in the, in the audience at that meeting um, and attempts to kind of get the meeting shut down. Um, you know, we are in are just on the streets in Nottingham, you know, we've experienced some harassment from individual kind of Zionists who have explicitly cited the IHRA definition. Mm. So, you know, until I don't know, maybe two years ago, these people could accuse you of being anti-Semites, right? It's one mm -hmm. of their canards that they use. But over the last period, they've increasingly been able to turn it on this IHRA thing. You know, they've been able to say, you know, well, we had one guy telling us on a while ago that, oh, you know, what you're saying is illegal, mm. um, which, you know, isn't technically true necessarily at this point, but it, it does sort of contravene all kinds of policies and things. So you're seeing this uh, use of this to pave the, pave the way for a full criminalization. And practically speaking, I mean, you know, that police action tying this IHRA definition complaint, which is essentially what, what the complaint was, uh, you know, into an accusation of hate crime, that is what's going on. They're trying to criminalize, um, you know, and come down with police, heavy-handed police presence on the simple right to stand in solidarity with Palestine. Definitely. I mean, that's also happening in America. I don't know if you know about this, but um, when the when there were hurricanes last year, anyone who wanted federal disaster relief recovery had to sign a piece of paper saying that they would no longer participate in any BDS movement and that they would reject all BDS movements of Israel generally and they wouldn't protest Israel. And you had to sign that document to get disaster relief money, which is insane. Yeah, no, I think I, I think um, Abby Martin, the journalist, Definitely, is yes. prosecuting a court uh, case about this. We shouldn't really be surprised about no. this, right? You know, the signs, of, the writing's been on the wall about this for quite a long time, mm. and but the question is about you know what to do about it. Um, and this is, you know, this is where I think we really need to, uh, this is where the discussion really needs to happen because it's not enough to point out that, you know, the British ruling class and the, the ruling class of the United States who have this historic relationship with Zionism and with the state of Israel, you know, they are prosecuting this, you know, complete inversion of reality to label anti-Zionists racists, right? Uh, that, that is, you know, yeah. we should be surprised by that. But what we need to talk about is the political developments that have allowed that to go essentially unchallenged. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, tie this back onto point by the fact of, you know, this facade that it's because they care about them or it's morally right. It's purely because they themselves have got the money to put their own money in the stock market and the stock market again is tied up into this military industrial complex. And so it's not just that the Zionists, it's the fact that, again, they're a tremendous source to a constant cold war, I guess, in Israel and Palestine with with constant war that they're going to they're gonna fuel but never are enough to actually uh, mess up, you know, 
know their stocks and, and that's really how much of a game they're playing here that's what globalization is it is money is power you know of course money can buy connections it's really we're talking about insane figures of wealth that has um, a huge role in the middle east or should i say the investment that is israel and if it, you have to look at it in terms of the military strategic role because it is not just a question of profits flowing out of the Middle East and so on. It's about, you know, it's about the strategic role that it plays. I mean, you know, the massive interest in the Middle East, you know, comes about around the, you know, just after kind of World War One, really, because that's when the switch to oil happened in such a big way. Um, and then today, you know, Israel plays this similar role in kind of generally securing a kind of what imperialism would consider peace in the region, right? Securing the ability for them to continue with their yeah well precisely and not even necessarily free trade you know just the ability to hang on to their strategic domination over the region um you know that's that that's really the point I don't just want to record these incidents. I don't just want to document it. I want to actually add material. I want people to feel them. I want people to actually empathize with them. So I've got to paint like an accurate picture. And I don't just want to say that Comrade Daniel got arrested because, of course, state racism, institutionalized racism, of course, how they protect Zionism and would seek to silence any who do speak out. And they would, you know, that weak enough for people to go for the minority out of the group it just really shows how weak they are i just want to put into context that our comrades being arrested speaking out at a protest that he was perfectly entitled to do after he's being scoped out made to like feel intimidated he's actually had handcuffs on him he got arrested he's had to be moved by another human being through time and space with no will have to wait about have to be processed under the mean and processed to, to get you know eventually having to sit into a cell and munch in there you obviously you just feel like i mean you've all these things you want to do in life are gone because you're in a cell and uh, our comments had to go through this traumatic experience and that honestly i proper empathize with you then daniel um, I, I can't thank you enough for letting me do this podcast because again i didn't just want to document it I, I, like I, I want to give solidarity and hopefully that's what i'm doing now is really exposing in real terms what what this wrongful arrest was like and why we should use that as an example you know just to just to feel that if we can of course give daniel solidarity and really you know share this event then if you look at the broader picture of palestine the rest of the world then hopefully we can just think you know oh my god we need to be doing more here so again it ties into you know use working with us here revolutionary lumpen radio us ourselves have just done an episode on bourgeois democracy so as well as not just see the material effects of, of the state and, and its oppression that's happened to our comrades we should also like do some theory on it so we've done an episode on that theory but, yeah i mean i think like absolutely you know the solidarity with um my own cause is part of what we have to do but i think the wider issue is showing solidarity with the palestinians on the ground and you know linking this explicitly to the struggle of um pro-palestine political uh, activists who are themselves imprisoned in israel um and in other imperialist nations around the world like george abdallah i believe is still imprisoned in france that's right and it's yeah we have to and you know the revolutionary communist group you know it has 
a long history of supporting, you know, the international struggle of political prisoners. And I think, yeah, we do have to recognize that this is simply one way in which we can support the Palestinian cause and the rights of Palestinians to self-determination. Yeah, the Zionism is racism defense campaign definitely needs our support as well as we hopefully extend that on the ground. Get organized wherever you can. You should absolutely oppose and condemn all acts of oppression. Palestinians need us a lot right now and they, they really serve an example of uh, just one of those last hopes of, of humanity in, in the struggles against imperialism and the immediate support. So. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, that point, but what you're kind of referring to there about the, the Palestinian resistance, that's the point, as I see it, you know, it's a clear cut case of national oppression, right, you know, that the Palestinian people are being denied their national rights, and it is clearly stunting their, you know, the whole possibility of their, you know, social development and all of these things. But their response to it, as it has to be, as it is always for oppressed people is to resist and that's often what is not you know not spoken about and um it's really important that we're not you know we're not kind of saying um we support palestine for some simply for some humanitarian reason mm. it's about the fact that this is an oppressed people that has the right to struggle for its freedom by any means necessary any means that it sees fit you know you can compare that to you know the role the political kind of questions that we have to answer about the movement in britain and i'll cut well if you wanted to ask us something else i'd like later on to come back to that question about um that what i was talking about before about how the ihra definition and this criminalization has been allowed to happen and the political questions that that raises for us yeah most definitely all, all these points that you brought out are extremely grateful for because our listeners would do well to really, you, you know, listen here. It's a, it's a lot of knowledge. It's took a lot of research. It's took a lot of time on the ground and, and working with other comrades. So solidarity to you. Thank you for contributing to our real understanding of what's happening in Palestine, what's happening with, you know, the political structure meant to oppress it. Anything you'd like to say there, Ryan? If anything... It's not enough to just talk about these things. You actually have to do things and get involved physically. So anyone who can, anyone who is in the area should go and support this group on the ground physically, you know, donations if possible. Um, get the message out in any way uh, imaginable, honestly, because far too often you see people that, you know, talk the talk, um, but they're not actually willing to, to do the things that the group here is doing. And uh, it's just unfortunate. We need more, you know, physical bodies. Yes, I mean, absolutely, you know, um, that, that point about actually somebody needs to take action and everybody is somebody, yeah. right? Mm. Um, but, you know, before, it sounds like we're kind of getting towards an end here and there's one point that hasn't come out in this discussion that I think it's important to bring out and that is, you know, the political lessons that the last few years have to teach um, those who are standing in solidarity with Palestine. Um, and on that front, I think it's, it's really quite important to recognise that um, 
what has allowed this campaign against anti-Zionism to reach such a fevered pitch is that lots of forces who claim to stand in solidarity with Palestine did not actually fight it, were not willing to go the distance that it took to fight it. And they made their decisions that other things were more important and they sold out a kind of principled position. So, you know, I'm thinking, for example, you know, the Labour Party's response to these anti-Semitism smears mm. um, and the eventual acceptance of the um, IHRA definition in September 2018, a lot of the, the fault has to be laid there the refusal of those in the Labour Party, not individual members necessarily, but the Labour Party as an organisation and um, those politically tied to it to actually take a stand. Most, most definitely. So, yeah, yeah, we are moving on towards the end of the show now and I've just got to say thank you and solidarity towards everybody who's been out, out there with you in Nottingham, um, you know, fighting the good fight. As has been mentioned already, we should absolutely and must oppose all acts of oppression and support our comrades, you know, wherever we can. Um, so I, I'd just like to say that as a host of Half a New Podcast, I was really inspired and I'm humbled to see all of the many actions that you've done um, to support our comrade. Jordan is an undoubtedly traumatic time in the cell, which I think, again, has to be mentioned just to really inspire the rest of us as, as, as how it should be done. People went out there with, with cups of teas and got together and, you know, helped phone the uh, police station and really shown the police that, you know, we are we are there for our people and that's how it should be we should all be there for each other like mm, and that you know that is what it you know that's that's what it's about i mean these democratic rights that we're talking about were not given they were fought for yeah. and it is vital that we defend our democratic right to stand in solidarity with the resistance in Palestine. That is absolutely vital, you know, because they are trying to take that democratic right away. Okay. And we exact know exactly constantly, and it's, it's absolutely essential that um, we take a principled stand on this. I mean, lots yeah. of, you know, it would be possible to say, oh, we, we might, you know, we've lost this one, or this is actually secondary to something more important, which is what the, you know, which is what all of the leadership candidates for the Labour Party have done. They have all signed up to these 10 pledges imposed on them by the Board of Deputies. Um, you know, so they are sacrificing a hard fought for democratic right um, to stand in solidarity with the people of Palestine. And yeah. Can I ask about that, like about the sort of Labour Party's capitulation on these issues? Do you have any idea about why they did that, about why this thing happens, about sort of the mechanism that actually makes them capitulate to these things? Yeah, I mean, like, the Labour Party as a political party has to find a way to make itself palatable to, you know, the capitalist class in Britain. Oh, yeah. And as we've gone over, the British capitalist class is deeply intertwined with Zionism um, as a political ideology for its role in supporting the British capitalist class and its endeavours in the Middle East. And, as is the Labour Party, of course. And yeah, that is, you yeah. know, that's part of what the Labour Party does. And I think mm. it's most clearly demonstrated by, you know, the failed candidate, Emily Thornberry, who quite gleefully tweeted and then deleted a post saying that she asked for a Palestinian flag to be kicked out of the Labour Party conference. Yeah. And then by Lisa Nandy, who whilst being the chair of the Labour Friends of Palestine, very enthusiastically said that she is a Zionist. And that is the state 
which the Labour Party has got itself into, and that's a state which the Labour Party kind of has to be in in order to be a viable electoral party. And this has a you know this has long historical roots. I mean, we have a the Revolutionary Communist Group has published a book called Labour Party uh, Labour a Party Fit for Imperialism, which I suggest that people read for an honest history of the Labour Party. But you know, the, the, to keep it a bit on topic about what we're talking about today, the Labour Party has always been a Zionist party. I mean, this is often kind of expunged from the historical record um, by both, ironically, by both supporters of the Labour Party and people are currently attacking it over anti-semitism but you know the um there's all you know there's this long long history of labor support for zionism in i believe 1918 at the tuc conference um the tuc enthusiastically endorsed the balfour declaration which committed british imperialism to the establishment of the state of israel golda meir the um israeli prime minister uh, during um i think the yom kippur war said that the, the, the Zionism had no greater friend than the British Labour movement because of the political support that the British Labour movement had given to Israel and to Zionism. So, you know, this, this has a long, long history that it really is important for people to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for, for actually bringing out a whole new point there on the electoral side, which you should get ahead around because these are ways that, you know, manipulate people into actually supporting this imperialist state. Uh, so thank you for that. I'd just like to add on to distinct pleasure to be working with the RCG comrades. I've worked with them on and off during my political activism and development over 10 years. I'm very grateful that I was happened to link up with them all that long time ago because I can't think of a, a revolutionary organisation, any organisation that is so principled and so on point with the takes and what kind of anti-imperialist stances we should take. So I'm grateful that I could link up with them because again, um, this is an organisation which if you do have one, you know, locally, I would say, again, just going out speaking with them, you're going to speak to comrades like Seamus and, and Daniel here and you'll learn a lot. You know, I actually when I started this, this podcast, even before then, I was inspired by somebody else. I really just saw the potential of the podcast to get messages out there and you had a big audience and people really took this information in because you, it's it's one of them where it's like having a newspaper streamed into your mind and you can do this, you know, while you're walking about to work and, uh, or whatnot. I speak to the RCG more broadly now, even, you know, other people all around the country with voices um, and want to share the injustices of whether it's Daniel, whether it's the Palestinians, whether it's um, everybody affected by the system of the ruling classes. Basically, I said to the RCG, I'm going to do this, and if Evergrow was big enough, I'm going to hand it over to them and that, but I, I didn't know that this podcast would end up orientating around the lump and proletariat, like representing them, like using myself as an example for like revolutionary potential and, you know, to help spread class consciousness and struggle. But I just found out that my niche was the lump, which is why the podcast called that. But like, here we are. I'd just like to take this opportunity again to show the revolutionary communist group the potential of podcasts in the way of reaching new audiences and you know producing content that people should listen to and literally being one of those voices. I think it's just just important to say, you know, that the, the question in the end comes down to what people are willing to do, what role people play in the end, you know. Um, 
at the moment, what this comes down to is that people have to take a stand um, on this issue. You know, people people have to have the courage to say that Zionism is racism, and we have to we have a right to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian resistance that we have to defend. Um, so, you know, what I would say is, if you are in Nottingham, join the campaign get involved with what we're doing. Um, if you're not, then you can still support us. We have an online petition that you can that you can access on our blog, which is Zionism is Racism Defense uh, blogspot.com. Um, you find more information there as well. And spread the word. You know, we have to show uh, the we have to show Nottinghamshire police that we're not going to be intimidated and that people are paying attention. So the wider we can spread this around, the better. Absolutely. Especially important as well, because one thing I didn't realize was um, just how powerful and influential the sort of um, Israeli online propaganda machine is. It's uh, way more organized and way more funded than I thought it was. You can sort of find it in corners of the Internet where I never would have thought it to be. Uh, it's really powerful. Yeah, and we're talking about this countercultural hegemony again. Finish up on my last point here, which was, as you mentioned, we need to be reaching more people's ears. They need to hear and we need to stand against Nottingham police and show them that we're gonna, you know, stand by each other. I also think there's potential for Nottingham police to hear this. So to them and to everybody else, I would like to say that this is the importance of spreading class consciousness backed by historical and material facts which have been brought out but by Seamus and Daniel and, uh, and myself here we're talking about what really happened and again you can find resources on all the things that we've talked about you know there's books on practically every subject that's being discussed here but I mean even to the police just even to on the old chance that the state can empathise with this here it is the truth people of the United States general come out and said you know, I'm working for the bankers, I'm working for investments. You, you know, there's instances where the police being known to have the family turn against them because of the role that they play. Bullying people, and that's what you're doing, you're bullying people with good hearts, who've got the best of intentions, who, who've got empathy, and who have got the love that we need in this world. That That's what you're doing, and I mean, just think about who deserves it. It is the bankers that literally, you know, causing, again, all the suffering on Palestine and all the suffering that you pretty much see in the world, they're doing it consistently for profit. You, you can't be scoping out comrades, you need to be organised yourselves and, and start thinking you know what, well, we've got better things to do and what you should start with is, is getting an actual job, you get a proper job, stop oppressing people. <laughs> you, you know, this is probably going to reach deaf ears but I thought that on the off chance I'd, I'd get it in there. Okay boss, can we just finish up on where we're at and we're talking about again what should we do but where, where, where are we at? Where can people reach you to show solidarity, to share what you're doing and, and to learn from you in the future? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, the defence campaign, we have a blog where we're putting up information about what's going on that you can find, you should be able to find on their links to social media. You can find the blog at Zionism is racism defense blogspot.com that's defense with a c all the information will go up there and uh, you can also if you want to get in touch directly you can email the campaign zionism is racism defense at gmail.com if you have uh, yeah any offers of support or uh, anything like that 
Absolutely, I support the RCG and everything that they do. I always have the again these are the comments you you should be listening to. Yeah, check out all the links that I'm going to add to this podcast, and you know we should follow them. And also, what I'd like to add on can't be not said here is to tell our listeners that fight racism, fight imperialism is the only left-wing newspaper in Britain which reports regularly on the struggles of prisoners. So again, this is a lump and theme podcast. I have to say, you know, you've got to be supporting our prisoners out there. And if the police had had the way, our comrade might have been one one of those. And any one of us, again, the escalating the oppression every single day against us comrades, and they're going to continue to do that in the form of Zionism and and backing the, the Zionists. Um, so. If you can get the fight racism, fight imperialism newspaper, they send their newspapers free of charge to all prisoners who request it also. So please help them in the work by funding a subscription for a prisoner. You can find support and fund a subscription for a prisoner in Britain in the show notes or on the RCG website. Yeah, so with that said, I'd just like to say thank you for our guests here, Seamus and Daniel. Thank you again for your time. I'm sorry you had to go through all, all this madness um, that, that the state and the police are, are making you do to have to force you to do these things, but the, you know how you've responded to these things and in the solidarity and to make a point out of it is really inspirational. So again, thank you very much for, for all the work that you're doing. I know that you're extremely strong. I'm going to continue to support you wherever can. Just ask me of anything. Uh, solidarity to use before before we sign off, I'd just like to say thank you to all our patrons who help um, supporters at the show to, to pay storage and whatnot. Uh, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. It's very kind of you guys to come on and good luck in everything you do. We'll support you in every way we can because what you're doing, we need more of and uh, you definitely need more power. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is for Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Long live Palestine, long live Gaza. Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Long live Palestine. While we listen to tunes made by ignorant fools Israel blocked the UN from delivering food They bring in the troops and you won't even glimpse of the news They make money off the products that we're quick to consume And it's not simply a question of differing views Forget emotions, this is facts, what I spit is the truth Makes no difference if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew They're just people living in different conditions to you They still die when you bomb their schools Mosques and hospitals, it's not because of rockets Please God, can you stop this all? I'm not related to the strangers on the TV, but I relate, cause those strangers could have been me Words could never ever explain the raw tragedy It's not a war, they're just murdering more rapidly And we are automatically supporting pure savagery Imagine how you feel if this was your family In my heart forever We stand for peace Times of war We shan't surrender Remember It didn't start In this dark December Every coin is a bullet If you're Marks and Spencer And when you're sipping Coca-Cola That's 
just another pistol in the holster of them soulless soldiers You say you know about the Zionist lobby But you put money in their pocket when you're buying their coffee Talking about revolution sitting in Starbucks The fact is, that's the type of thinking I can't trust Let alone, even start to respect before you talk Learn the meaning of that scarf on your neck Forget Nestle, Obama Promise Israel 30 billion over the next decade They're trigger happy and they're crazy Think about that when you're putting Huggies nappies on your baby Just a war over stolen land Why do you think little boys are throwing stones at tanks? And we'll never really know how many people are dead They drop bombs on innocent girls while they sleep in their bed Don't get offended by facts, just try and listen Nothing is more anti-Semitic than Zionism So please don't bring bad vibes when you speak to me There's plenty of rabbis that agree with me It's your choice what you do with this message Don't get it confused, I view this from a human perspective How many more resolutions have to be Violated. How many more children have to be annihilated? Israel is a terror state, they're terrorists that terrorize I testify my television, televise them telling lies This is not a war, it is systematic genocide But whatever they try, Palestine will never die West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza